Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast uh, from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me, for the duration of the second test between England and Pakistan, former Ashes winner Steve Harmison. Plenty to talk about on another rain-affected day, but don't let that put you off. You're listening to the following on podcast. Well, by now, I'm sure you know Pakistan ended day one of the second test match, a day which started with them winning the toss and deciding to bat and ended with them probably regretting that, 126 for five. There was uh, just the one wicket in the morning session where we had 23.4 overs, 62 for one at that stage. Shah Massoud, the only man to fall for just uh, one. Abid Ali, though, very fortunate, dropped on one by Dominic Sibley, then again on 21 by Rory Burns. Just uh, 10 overs available in the afternoon session, but that was enough time to see off Azhar Ali for just 20. And then uh, in the evening session, there were another three wickets with uh, Abid Ali finally going and caught in uh, the slip region for 60. Asad Shafiq going for five and Fawad Alam. Well, uh, 11 years between test matches. He was LBW on review for a duck, leaving Babrazam and Mohamed Rizwan to carry the fight for Pakistan on day two. Right, let's get on with it. Well, I'm pleased to say that Steve Harmison uh, will be with us throughout this test match. And Harmi, we've only got uh, 45 overs to look back on, but still some really interesting uh, facets to the game. And the first one really came at the toss. Uh, England lost it. Um, Pakistan decided to bat. I'm not sure that was the right decision, but we'll find out. But England essentially went in with a very different looking lineup. Almost like a very different looking ethos to the side that started the summer. I mean, we only have to go back four four test matches now. You had Joffre Archer in the side. You had Mark Wood in the side. So out and out pace. No sign of Chris Wokes. Stuart Broad uh, rested. Today, um, I mean, you, I mean, Broad's undroppable at the moment. And obviously after what happened in the last test match, so is Chris Wokes. And I guess so is Jimmy Anderson. But no Archer, no Wood. And 
England's tactics have seemingly changed somewhat. And I suppose it's a perennial battle. Do you pick the side to win the game today or do you pick a side that's going to win in a year's time? And if you do that, then you get caught like you did at the first test of the summer. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a it was a brave decision at the toss for Pakistan to win it in bat um, with the forecast that was coming. But if you remember, at half past ten this morning over Southampton, there was some bright skies and blue sky. There was some you know bright sunshine, blue skies, um, and it wasn't too dissimilar to the toss that Ben Stokes won uh, the first test match of the summer, uh, and he. Yeah, exactly. Again, people will question whether it was a right decision or the wrong decision. But if England were ever to have a bowling attack to exploit these conditions, this is the one. And a lot has mentioned and talking about horses for courses and picking teams to for the conditions. I'm at a, I'm at a loss at the moment, John, to be honest, on being critical of the England selectors and the England management team and the England captains on their selection because... Some of it just baffles you and you can't predict what is going to happen. Um, so I'm not going to criticise the selectors anymore on that. I'm going to make a, I made a conscious effort with myself to not stick the boot in and say, right, you picked the wrong side. I'll go on performance. Um, as much as I'd love a fast bowler in the team, England have picked the side going back to the 90s, if anything, and picking, worrying about the middle order as opposed to the top order batting and the, you know, and the bowler's bowl. So that was, I think, why Sam Curran was brought in. I think it's a sign of the times, John, that the most irreplaceable player in world cricket had to be replaced, and that was Ben Stokes. And how do you replace him? Well, it was right to pick Crawley. If it had been a flatter pitch, England might have gone with a fast lad in Wood and Arch- Wood or, or, or Archer. Um, but they've gone with three bowlers, that are four seamers, sorry, that are going to pitch it up, try and swing it looked at the forecast, have they predicted that it's going to be raining or there's going to be thunderstorms all week. So I personally think you have to win the game in front of you. You you can have one eye on the future. And the one eye on the future for me at this moment in time is if you're going to take someone like Ollie Robinson across to Australia and play in the Ashes. He needs to have at least three or four test matches minimum under his belt. Um, And maybe the next one is the test match for, for somebody like Ollie Robinson. But... I think at this moment in time, England have put the ball in the right area. We've talked all week on, on Talk Sports, different shows on all our platforms about how you don't write off Jimmy Anderson. Goffey said it. I've said it. Even the captain came out and said, you know, Joe, Joe Root said yesterday, Jimmy Anderson is likely to play. And if he gets the right conditions, don't be surprised if he gets wickets. Well, what happened You know, before lunch? Jimmy got the ball in the right area, created some chances. Not all of them taken. Um, and Jimmy was Jimmy, and the, these are the perfect conditions for him. So I believe you pick the, the team to win the game in front of you, and you worry about the next game, the next game. Um, and that would be if the wicket's flat and the sun's shining, you might need some more assistance, i.e. in the fast bowling department. Then you have to have a brave selection and say, a little bit like Pakistan, our batting, our batting order is not going to be as strong because we're going to play an extra out-and-out bowler. The minute we're playing a couple of all-rounders, fiddling around in that middle order. So, for me, I think England put the ball in the right area. The challenge, Pakistan's weaknesses. Um, England could have had Pakistan at 50 for five quite comfortably at lunchtime, but just after lunch. Um, and it's, it's it was a good toss for, for the England captain to lose, um, especially with the, the, the team selection that he had and no Ben Stokes. So, all in all, England will go... 
to their meal tonight and think, yeah, good day, job done, and it sets us up, hopefully, to be in front in this test match when uh, the end of the first innings on both sides. I suppose the the dream for England is that they just win this test, wrap up the series, and then they can, you know, they can afford to just try a, a couple of new things. You'd you'd feel you'd feel Mockwood has to come back into mm. the side for that last test match. Um, but uh, Ollie Robinson is not a player I've seen much of. I mean, I'm not sure uh, if if you, if you have, um, but that's a time to tinker, I suppose. The third test of a, of a summer or a series when the series is done, unlike what they did in the first test of the summer when, of course, West Indies, you know, it, it bit their bum somewhat, didn't it? It did, yeah. And I always look at this and I always question, and I've said it, I've just said it, and I've said it earlier in the following on podcast in this this one, that I'm not going to, you know, I've got bang on about team selection and have a go at the selectors and stuff like that. The one thing I will slightly go against myself by saying there is, I think we need a little bit more braver leadership and ruthlessness in our leadership in picking sides. If you're going to pick a team that's going to win the game, you haven't got to worry about what's just happened. So, for instance, the examples were, you know, Sam Curran did well against India, man of the series, goes over to the West Indies. Well, we're there for TalkSport too, and we pick because Sam Curran's done well in England. We have to pick him for the first test match. We leave our tall baller out in, in Stuart Broad and it completely backfires against us. We go to the Caribbean, South Africa this summer and this winter. Again, Archer gets five for its centurion. Wood bowls very, very well in the last two test matches. We get to the first test match. Aegeus bowl. We play Wood and Archer on a wicket which does a bit and we leave out one of our best seen bowlers going, and that's Stuart Broad. So if we're going to come up against these sort of situations, we have to we have to pick the right sides for you know for for the for the right game and, and not forget about what's happened. But yeah, you know, if it's going to be what we need a fast bowler in the team, we pick the fast bowler. Today in this this game, I I'm, I did believe that in four or five days we can win this test match overhead conditions bang, this is our, we don't need a fast bowler. We might come next week and think, right, we need a quick bowler. It probably is the right time next week if it, if England do win this test match to pick Ollie Robinson. What has Ollie Robinson got? What I've seen, I quite enjoy. I wouldn't say he's Darren Goff type, but he's not He's not an out-and-out fast bowler. He's not a, a quick tearaway like I was or, or, or Goffy was from a pace point of view. He's not the pace of Jofra Archer or Mark Wood. Um, but he's he's got a bit of pace. He's a little bit quicker than than the other English type seamers of Broad Anderson and Wokes. He probably bowls a little bit more of a skiddier trajectory, and he hits the stumps probably a little bit more than what um, a Stuart Broad would do. Um, hasn't probably got the skills of a Wokes or an Anderson, but we don't know what he's going to be like until we've had a look at him. So I think you know further down the line we have to see him, you know, come into come into the side. Um, and it would be nice if England have a cushion to go in and pick anybody, basically, next week and say, right, we're 2-0 up in a series. You know, the shackles are off. Go and express yourself. And that could be for the batsmen that are in the team as well, because the ones that are in the team aren't exactly pulling up trees. You know, Sibley got, Sibley's had a score. Burns has had a bit of a score. Crowley's just coming back into the side. The captain is desperate for runs. And, you know, you, you know, 
they've had the family bereavement of Lawrence. He's gone and he's, he's gone out the side. It would be nice to see see a bit of him. It would be nice to see a bit of Bracey. But actually, the batsmen that are in this side at this moment in time, they could do with some runs themselves. So it would be nice to free them up and the shackles off them. So that is best case scenario. England need to get a big run, big big runs in the first innings. And if they do that in this test match, it sets them up a chance to give the selectors the option next week to maybe blood one or two younger players. But all in all, you look at job done so far, so good. And I think, you know, if, if the forecast stays the way it is, then I still think England, over the course of a, of a four innings test match, have enough in the bowling department to knock over Pakistan twice cheaper than what England can be knocked over. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Where do you sit with Joffre Archer at the moment? Because you know, he was rested, they're saying, for today's match. But, you know, if he'd, been, if he'd taken a fifer in the last test match, he wouldn't be rested, would he? Uh, and you would have thought of all the bowlers that needed resting, it was Jimmy Anderson at 38 or whatever he is, rather than a young man, Joffre Archer. Seems, a bit of a, seems to be a bit of a strange, again, same strange times for, uh, for Archer. It does, yeah. Again, I find myself one side of it, being critical of Jofra, but on the other side, understanding where Jofra is and Jofra's at and how Jofra is as a cricketer, not too dissimilar to, to, to myself and some of the criticism I got where it looked as though you weren't trying, you were, it, it wasn't coming out of your hand as, as rhythmical as it probably should do. Um, you know, he's got, 
I'd like to think in, in watching him, he's got a hell of a lot more and a, a better rhythm action than what that I ever had, because there's a lot more moving parts in, in, in my action compared to Joffre's. Do you know what I really think, in my honesty, and I don't know because from what, you know, I don't know Joffre as a person, but just looking at him from side on, I actually think this bubble situation and being... You know, being cooped up like he has done and he's not probably had the experience of overseas trips and overseas tours of being stuck under the spotlight as much and yeah, you know, last year, even though it was the World Cup year and Ashes year, you could get away from it where at this moment in time you can't and the criticism and the, the world's on his shoulders and everybody seems to be having a go at him. If they were going to rest him from this game, I think it probably should have just let him go and play for Sussex. Just let him go and play for Sussex, get some confidence back, get his mojo back, bowl 20 overs, um, go and spend some time with Jason Gillespie, who is one of the best human beings on the planet, especially when it comes to coaching and getting the best out of people. You just look what he did with Liam Plunkett. You know, Liam Plunkett was a shadow of his former self when he left Durham and he turned into a World Cup winner, largely part down to going to Yorkshire and speaking with Jason and working with Jason. I actually think a little bit of time down the south coast playing maybe two, possibly three first-class matches away from the spotlight, away from the bubble, get back to bowling 90 mile an hour, get back to enjoying your cricket, take a few wickets and bring him back for the one-day series. That's management I probably would have gone with Joffre, especially having Mark Wood and Ollie Robinson in my, in my, in my unit as fit. Um, and just taking just take him out of the firing line. The one thing about Joffre is he's got express pace and he's got a natural talent. They're the two attributes that he's got. problem he's got at this minute in time is when things aren't going quite right, because of the level expectancy on him, there'll always be question marks. Some of the comments last week didn't help by saying, I didn't feel as if I could bowl flat out 90 mile. Now, well, unfortunately, that's what you're there to be picked for and you've got to do it. That's your job. Your job's not to pitch it up and swing it. He's got six. Jimmy Anderson's got the bloke on your left. It's got 600 uh, test match wickets. The bloke on your right, Stuart Broad, he's got 500 test match wickets. They're there to pitch it up and bowl 80 mile an hour. You're there to bowl 90 mile an hour. If you don't feel as though you can do that, you know, he needs to be left out and moved on to get somebody else in to do that job. So I think all in all, I just think Joffre seems to have struggled in inside this this bubble, this in this these test matches. And maybe he's a, a couple of weeks away from it just to get some confidence. Fast bowling is about getting confidence. You bowl 90 mile an hour consistently if he comes off the back of getting five wickets, four wickets, five wickets, and giving a, a, giving a team a hurry up. But at this moment in time, his shoulder seems to be slumping lower and lower and lower. The pressure seems to be getting a little bit more and more and more on him. And that's not healthy as a fast bowler because then all of a sudden you try too hard, you strive too hard. Your action doesn't become rhythmical. You become, you try and force it. And when you try and force it, it doesn't come out your hand as, timing doesn't come out your hand right. And that's when you go from a 90 mile an hour bowler to an 83, 84 mile an hour bowler. And a large part of it is, and another thing that he hasn't, this is the first time really he's had a, a question mark over his head where people are starting to question him as a cricketer. Um, and when you, when that happens, um, it, it, it takes a big man with big shoulders to come back, and I'm sure he will eventually. But at this minute in time, I'd, I'd, I'd take him out of the firing line, give him a couple of games of Sussex, get him some wickets and bring him back, and he'll be fine. Last one, Harmy. Um, 
after the next test match, the third one against Pakistan, England, COVID allowing, have got two tests against Sri Lanka and between three and five against India. Uh, where are we with the spinning situation? Because Dominic Bess isn't going to be able to do that on his own if indeed it is Dominic Bess that they go with. That's the biggest, I think that was the biggest worry, to be honest. I don't think, I don't think the Butler situation was the biggest worry. It was a huge concern in the Butler situation, the wicketkeeper situation. But it was either, it was either Butler, Bairstow, folks, you know, three not bad options. The spin department, where is our options? We don't seem to want to pick Leach, whether that's a concern of his fitness, his health or anything like that. Mo and Ali was in the 30-man squad. Let's remember, Mo and Ali was in a 30-man test unit that went into the biosecure bubble at the start, but then seemed to have had a conversation with somebody and he's not involved anymore. He's gone, playing one days. Whether Mo said, I don't want to go I'm back to play test match cricket, only Moen and the selectors and the, the, the coach knows that. So that would be my next option because of his experience. And I think when you go, it's not a case of having huge amounts of ability when you go to these, you know, these subcontinental countries. You have to have experience. You have to have a know when to sit in and know when to attack because these batsmen play spin every single day of the week hour upon hour. These don't play fast bowling very well. Why? Because they don't face it. They play spin well because that's all they face normally. So experience comes into it. During my time, we took a 40-year-old, Sean Udall, to India and he performed because we needed experience. There's nobody in first-class cricket at this moment in time that stands out and says, right, pick me. Done best. God love him. He wants and he's trying and he's he's a good battler. He's somebody who yeah, I want him to succeed because I really enjoy his enthusiasm. I really enjoy the way he his outlook is the game. You know, he wants to be involved. He wants to be the, the best bowler he possibly can be. He wants to help his team. He wants to contain. And we all, and I all, I, I will always want him to do that. But has he got the ability to go and get five wickets in a subcontinent, fourth innings to win a test match? At this minute in time, probably not, no. But that comes down to experience. And I go back to what I've said millions of times before. Graham Swan didn't play test cricket until he was 28. A lot of that was down to his mouth. You know, and he put himself in a position where he was unselectable for some for some selectors and coaches, i.e. Duncan Fletcher. But what did that do for Graham Swan? It got him it got him 400 first-class wickets nearly before he played his first test match. So again, that comes with experience. Can can the talk Adel Rashid to potentially go to be a second spinner? Does Adel Rashid want to go and play test match cricket? First question. Has Adil Rashid's shoulder got it in him to go and bowl 40 overs first, uh, sorry, 20 overs first innings in Dambola and then 40 overs to win a test match helped by Dominic Best second? These are questions that England got. I don't see anybody else really coming into the reckoning and saying to me, right, I think I should be England's first, first choice spinner. The tried Ver- Verdi came into the squad um, at the 30. Parkinson, they took to uh, South Africa. That didn't work. I don't think he is up to playing test match cricket or the selectors see that. So that is England's biggest concern going into what is going to be, not only is it going to be you know, Sri Lanka away and then India away. You've also got to remember India are coming back here as well. And if it's another dry summer, we're going to have to have another spinning option. Going to that sort of 10 test match period, 
and then going to Australia. And that, that person has got to be you know, more or less the same person because we don't want to be going with a part-time spinner or somebody who hasn't got any confidence, bowl and spin, not only against them, them two teams away, but also leading into what is going to be a, a, a tough summer of cricket next summer and then the ashes off the back of it. England need to decide at this moment in time who is their long-term options. Um, but the cupboard is very, very bare. Long-winded answer there, but at the minute, Dominic Best is in pole position. I want to say he's good enough, and I hope he gets better and better and better with his education in Test Match cricket. But he seems to be a long way ahead of anybody else because there's nobody standing up in any form of cricket. The Bob Willis Trophy showed there's some good young players being given a chance. And whether one of them comes out of the woodwork and stands up and we, we find a spinner from somewhere, then, you know, happy days. But at this minute in time, it looks like we're going into that with one spinner, and that's Dominic Best. And he would be another option going into the next Test match if England do win this one. It would be potentially playing a second spinner because they're going to have to get used to playing two spinners. And just a, a quick one on the spin department. The captain's got to learn as well. It's a huge thing. You talk to Michael Vaughan, Nasser Hussain, and Andrew Strauss, Sir Alistair Cook. It's all right having one spinner, but if you've got two, it's working out when to use them, how to use them. Do you use them in tandem? Do you use them with a speed seamer? Do you use them with a quick bowler? Do you use them with a, a Jimmy Anderson type who's going to contain? All these facets have got to go in one you know, together in the melting pot. And the captain's got to learn how to use them two spinners as well. So... It's that would be England's biggest concern over the course of probably the next 18 months. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Harmi, well, we'll continue this chat after day two. Hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit about the batting. Uh, you imagine if the weather allows, we will see England's batsmen take to the field at some point. Uh, it's been England's day at the Aegeus Bowl against Pakistan. One up with two to play, of course. Uh, please join us tomorrow on ACAR, Spotify or Apple Podcasts to find out uh, if day two goes the same way. But for now, thanks for listening to the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.